This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Joe Ostrowski here with you. Time to talk a little college football and all of the outstanding action actually will kick off on Friday night with Utah at Oregon State. Currently, the Beavs on BetMGM are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is 44-and-a-half, which to me, Joe, is interesting given that this is a Pac-12 affair. And the fact that a Pac-12 game can have a total in the mid-40s, you don't see that every day. Uh, But as far as this game goes, what do you like? Yeah, well, uh, the number one story is certainly Cam Rising, right? Did did we get word? I'm just assuming nothing because Whittingham always says absolutely nothing. But uh, we knew they started the week splitting reps, which was telling me. I mean, we were having this very conversation in the first game of the college football season. Is Cam Rising going to be out there? And now we're four games in, and we're still having that conversation. Is Cam Rising going to be out there? Uh, Nate Johnson has not done much. But what what they're asking him to do is just don't turn the football over. And he's accomplished that feat. He has zero interceptions in the four games um yeah i don't no, nothing official right but i'm i'm going in with the assumption that rising's playing are you i i'm not sure it, it it's something where i kind of vacillated between uh both sides and sort of split the difference as far as uh plays i like here uh but he dressed last week and to me that's progress like you don't want to keep him out yeah. for too long especially given you know oregon state is more than formidable and you are on the road so you got to start getting them some reps and getting them going against a stiff competition. So I don't want to say they're pushing it or anything like that. But to me, I thought I saw enough progress last week where I thought I might see him. Didn't. But it would be odd, though, to have two consecutive weeks of him, say, dressing out but not playing. Maybe there's a yeah. snap count of some kind or maybe you don't make him throw deep or move around too much or you know tell him to get down a little bit more easily, whatever the case may be. But – I'm probably on the side of him playing, yeah. Okay. Uh, On the Oregon State side, they're coming off the loss against Washington State, and uh, boy, people are starting to talk about the positivity of DJ and how he's turning things around, and then last week happened. I mean, he completed Mm -hmm. 50% of his passes. Don't let the final score fool you. That was 35-14 to going into the fourth quarter. There was a lot of garbage time there uh, for Oregon State. With that, at three and a half, Man, I wish this number was a little bit shorter. Yeah. Like if rise, if rising's in, what's the number? How much does it move it? I gotta imagine they're playing it down the middle right now. It mm-hmm. certainly seems like that. Is it a pick'em? I was thinking more conservative, like two, because something like that. You don't know because what version. Exactly. Like, what version are you going to get? And if we all agree that maybe DJ isn't quite what the ceiling was supposed to be, and that maybe this is a lower scoring affair no matter what, and you are running the ball a little bit more, then fewer drives, fewer possessions, you're just not going to see a high scoring affair. So, you know, context would suggest that the spread's going to be small regardless. Yeah, I mean, Utah's defense is awesome. I, I'm not making a play yes. at three and a half. I, I want to see this inside of a field goal. You know, it, Oregon State at home, that's swaying me a little bit. But, man, I mean, that's – if this was in Utah, this would be a no-brainer. I, and I know the number would be quite different, but I, I would feel comfortable with that. I'm, 
I'm thinking Oregon State, but the, the, num- the number where they have it out just outside of a field goal, it, it's a little challenging. I'm taking Utah on the money line here. I think the Utes can win this thing outright. And you said it, it's this defense. It is phenomenal. In a conference where we focus so much on the quarterbacks, and there are a lot of great ones, there aren't a lot of great defenses in the Pac-12, at least from what we've seen so far. But we do have one in Utah. And I think what they did last week against UCLA was underrated. To do this against a Chip Kelly offense – with yeah. what I would consider some, uh, you know, great quarterback play, some great skill position players. I think UCLA's offense can be really good down the stretch. And Utah just shut them out almost, almost completely shut them out. Jonah Ellis has been an elite pass rusher, super dominant in that game. Uh, Kareem Reed had that pick six. Connor O'Toole has supplied some pressures. This is something where we need to keep an eye on this Utah defense throughout the entire season. Because, yeah, the total has adjusted to this, but I'm not sure the spread has. This is a game where Utah's defense could take charge, completely smother DJ, and win this game outright, regardless of who the quarterback is. Yep. Yeah. I Listen, I usually bet on Utah like every, in every spot. So I, uh-huh. at three and a half, I can't take Oregon State, but watch the rising news. Watch what happens with this number. That's going to be uh, that's going to be fascinating to watch, and then then we get to Saturday, man. USC Colorado, <laughs> I, it's so funny. Boy. We talked about it with Kelly Ford yesterday. It's the exact same point spread that we saw a week ago when Colorado was going to Oregon. Now they're at home against USC, and the point spread is the same. This uh, crazy high total of seventy three and a half that we see right now. USC, they've given up 28 a couple of times to San Jose State in week one, Arizona State last week. So I'm sure a lot of people are going to play the total. People are going to be looking for reasons uh, to sell themselves on something in this game. Total is 73 and a half. And there's a great argument for the over because USC's defense has given up a ton of explosive plays. And what is Shadur Sanders known for? Explosive plays. I don't think this is something where Colorado can necessarily cover the 21 and a half. I don't necessarily have a play on that side, but I think both offenses are going to score here and maybe USC absolutely dominates as far as that's concerned, but goodness, could we see a lot of garbage time touchdowns? Almost not quite like the Oregon game for Colorado, but something where maybe they're down big and they have to play catch up, but at least they make things interesting. They keep us captivated for the full 60 minutes. That's something I think is a real possibility. And I I mean, I I assume this total will go up at some point as we continue to disparage this USC defense as far as giving up plays of 20 plus air yards. But Colorado can do that. I don't think there's any question about that, you know, despite, you know, having injuries to to key star players here. But still, though, it, it will be fun to watch. I will be excited regardless. And, just, and the fact that this is a 10 a.m. kickoff early time, yeah, yeah, early for them. Uh, I don't know if that matters here. Like if, say, both offenses get off to a sluggish start or something, because it's not like a surprise. It's not something where uh, all of a sudden, like now you have to have practices earlier in the day. Like you're kind of planned for this more or less. So I, I think both coaches will have both teams ready that I don't think they're going to have those sluggish starts like maybe we would expect for an early West Coast kind of a game. So – yeah, over 73 and a half is probably the only play that, that I would like. Here. Well, 
Well, that's what I'm attacking at. That's what I'm hoping for going into this game, that we do have a bit of a sluggish start for these offenses to start. And then the total drops, you know, we get inside of a 70 and and live action. And I think that would, or second half play, whatever, that would be a good opportunity to jump in because second half, (laughs) the scoring is probably going to be off the charts. Whether we're talking about competitive matchup or even if it's garbage time, like, yeah, yeah, give me the second half over. Right. It'll just be silly in the second half, and I'm excited for that. That's, that's where I'm, I'm going to live and breathe football right then and there. A uh, lot of other notable games. Notre Dame's a five-and-a-half-point favorite at Duke. Texas, 16-and-a-half-point favorites at home versus Kansas. LSU, Ole Miss, that game looks really intriguing to me. You know, I want to start there, Joe, because I think Ole Miss can win this game outright. LSU's yeah. defense is terrible right now and if you watch the game against Arkansas last week had it not been for the Hogs using timeouts you know in really bad spots and the fact that they didn't allow LSU to score at the end of regulation which I found intriguing like it's 2023 boys and girls if the the offense has the ball in the red zone with like a minute to go and you can't stop the clock and the game is tied let them score They're not going to miss a chip shot field goal. And even if they do, you're going into overtime, which is a coin flip to begin with. Let them score. And if your offense is that good, go for two and go for the win on the road. I don't know why more coaches don't understand this. Arkansas Mm -hmm. could have won that game. So factor that into your models, folks. Ole Miss may have a slightly better quarterback. They may have a slightly better defense. And they are at home. I think the Rebels can win this game outright, Joe. Spot-wise, it's really interesting how they're going to respond after losing at Bama. It was a noisy week, Mm -hmm. and things calmed down a little bit when they actually are playing LSU this week. You're right. One thing that pops out is how horrendous LSU's defense is. They are not a top 100 defense in the nation. I repeat, LSU is not even (laughs) really all that close. DBU is not a top 100 defense. (laughs) It's amazing to say out loud. Come on, Brian Kelly. Let's get this thing figured out. Um, but here's the thing. It's Jackson Dart. What sort of trust do you have in Jackson Dart? He has, what, three passing touchdowns in three weeks? Like, that's mm-hmm. that's where I'm a little suspect on this. Um, LSU, as a road favorite with that defense in an SEC matchup, I know I'm not doing that. I know I'm not playing that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Ole Miss, the rushing attack is underrated. You look at EPA per rush, they're, they're actually pretty formidable. So it may be something where Jackson Start hasn't really been required uh, to score touchdowns through the air. It's something where they can rely on that ground attack. Mm-hmm. And if Ole Miss has a lead, they're going to be relying on that a good bit more. So there may be some live opportunities to bet the under, despite having two fantastic quarterbacks in that game. So definitely something to think about. What's something else on this weekend slate that you like, Joe? I'm fascinated with what happens. Notre Dame-Duke, after Notre Dame uh, lost that game, they rarely mm-hmm. play road games, and they're going on the road at Duke yep. in this one. And look, I mean, I think there are positives to take away, but it's been a noisy week in South Bend, and it hasn't yep. stopped. I think Freeman's going to get this team together. I think they're going to be right. okay. Um, There are positives to take away from that Ohio State game that's not being discussed because of the controversial finish. Even I know he was hobbled in that game, but what they did to Marvin Harrison, that's the best receiver in the country, bar none. And he was a non-factor. 
in that game, in that spot. And and you know they kept they were talking about it afterwards. Dave's like, we we're trying to go to him, but we couldn't. Um they have arguably the best running back in the nation, Notre Dame does. And that's yeah. how you attack Duke on the ground. So I think they're gonna do that. I think they're gonna win by more than uh the the number of five and a half. They gave up two hundred and thirteen rushing yards in that Clemson win, that big upset, and it's been soft competition since. So I do trust Notre Dame uh laying the points. Good stuff, good stuff. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, some NFL news and notes and the notable line movements therein right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.